0: Hey everybody, it's the Initiative Project, and Kelly is going to go on a rampage. I am
1: going on a rampage today because I am
0: pissed off. tearing things up. So if you hear a little of me and a lot of her, that's why. And this is actually a two-part episode. It's like 17 pages.
1: (laughs) I hope you guys like the sound of my voice because, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of it today.
0: So I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So it's... Mainly about the Weight Watchers for kids, correct? Well,
1: basically, no. The, we're titling this "Should I Put My Kid on a Diet?" and what? the reason, the reason I decided that we needed to do a podcast on this is because of this recent app that Weight Watchers released. Oh, it's an app. It's an app. Oh, okay. Did you hear about this?
0: I did. I didn't look into it a lot. Okay. Because my kid's not going to go on a diet. He's like, he's not even two.
1: Well, he yes. can't even go to the bathroom. But do you feel like kids? So, th- they're targeting kids as young as eight years old.
0: So, okay. So, I don't think a kid needs an amp for their diet. I think their parents need to be informed.
1: Informed if, what?
0: Okay. So, if uh, a mom is literally loading her kids with Twinkies and all this shit food all the time. I don't
1: think any mom ever tries to do that, though.
0: Well, some moms do. <laughs> <laughs> On the... Uh, <laughs> certain areas well let's put it in this way so you know how, like we were just talking about california being a blue state so areas where they can't get like fresh fruits and vegetables what do they have access to
1: right but do you think that that would be a mom wanting to give her kid crappy food or the fact that she doesn't have access or money to buy healthy food
0: i think it is gluttony at its worst and people are just being lazy because if you watch, you
1: are going to get hate mail,
0: that's fine. Cause guess what? I don't care, <laughs> but no, like, okay, let me, let me explain. So if you watch like my 600 pound life,
1: yes, I how they it. go
0: from like, Oh, I was just a little kid. Well, there's obviously some stuff they dealt with, but then they got, I mean, I dealt with some of the same things that they are. I'm not 600 pounds.
1: Okay. Like what stuff?
0: So they're like sexually abused and stuff right. like that. So they always like, well, I was sexually abused by my parents and, you know, not my current parents, obviously now, but, um, before that, um, but they use that and then they're like, well, they either wasn't addressed and they they gain all that weight. But I mean, mine was addressed and I didn't gain.
1: Here's what so I see. All that like, weight. I would agree. I think. The human brain can make an association between coping and food. Like sure. food is definitely can be used as a coping mechanism. But what I noticed when I watch my six hundred pound life is that I would say almost probably almost a hundred percent of the people on that show um, struggled with weight from an early age and they were they were big kids so from I. an early age. Okay. Yeah. And they had parents, and this is what we're gonna talk about today, they had parents who either gave them a hard time about it. Or restricted their food in some way, tried yeah. to get them to diet, tried to get them to exercise or force them to. Sure. And and the studies that I'm going to talk about today are going to, I'm hoping, are going to convince parents that putting your kid on a diet or even saying anything to them is is completely counterproductive to what you want to do
0: Sure. with yeah. your kids. Yeah, my parents didn't say that. I think it was more from school.
1: Okay, yeah. and it can be any adult. You're, the doctor, the doctor says the wrong thing. No. Um, somebody at school says the wrong thing. It can be anything, though. Any sort of a a comment, or if a child has the feeling that you know somebody is single. Yeah, I them think out. I got it
0: from school, right. but it was not like in my face. Okay, a lot. I don't remember because, like, I remember like one girl was like, "Oh yeah, you're like a fat kid growing up." I'm like, "Okay, guess what? I can probably."
1: shits up now <laughs> but you know a lot of kids go through yeah it just and, and I, just I hear that this from of... from guys especially oh yeah that they went through like what they call a pudgy phase or something yeah
0: i'm still in that phase right now unfortunately
1: no you are not oh, i'm getting gosh. rid of it don't worry all right so it's
0: it's from sympathy way from two years ago from joanna <laughs> getting pregnant <laughs> From. All right, so enough of me. Let's let's talk about this. So
1: for those of you listening, if you have kids, this info I believe is super important um and, and like TJ said we're going to break this up into two episodes because there's a lot of material to cover and it's such an important topic for the future of our kids who are growing up in a diet and body centered culture so i want to talk about this breaking news this um this weight watchers app that just came out and it targets kids as young as 8 years old and it's called curbo
0: that's a terrible name <laughs> curbo. curbo Simon cool <laughs>
1: I know. It's Actually, like Kirby. I like I like the way that sounds. Kerbo? Yeah,
0: but it's like Kirby.
1: But, right. Remember and those what fuzz, was Kirby?
0: Those little fuzzball things right. that like had the eyes and like talked to you and stuff. That's, that's right. exactly what it sounds like.
1: That's why that's why I somehow sounded familiar. Yeah. So anyway, Weight Watchers says that it promotes behavior change, and the CEO of Weight Watchers says this is about kids' wellness, not weight loss, but this is a load of bullshit. Because no matter how hard Weight Watchers tries to rebrand themselves as a wellness company, we all know Weight Watchers is a weight loss company. And kids are smarter than we think they are. Um, And, you know, the quote unquote big kids who are put on any kind of a plan, whether it's by their doctor or their parents or some well-meaning adult, they know exactly what's going on. They know that the adults are trying to get them to lose weight. And, you know, dietitians are speaking out against this Weight Watchers app, too, because they agree that the intention of the app might be to promote health and wellness, but that there is risk that it could could do more harm than good. And, And the studies that show that putting children on diets or restricting children's food intake or saying things about their weight is incredibly damaging. So... Targeting kids as young as eight years old to focus on their bodies can lead to an intense preoccupation with food size, shape, and weight.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. How old is uh, your kid?
1: She is nine. Oh, there you go. And I have, um, I'm actually going to tell basically a story from my own life about her, and I I will try not to cry as I tell the story, but I'm going to get to that in a few minutes.
0: All right. If I'm looking out the window when you're doing that...
1: Can you not take crying? No, I can't. I just
0: get very uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) So here's the thing. Kerbo is a dieting app for kids created by a large company with a bottom line. And for those of you who don't know what a bottom line is, that's a drive for profits. Our kids do not need to go on diets. And the research clearly shows that dieting has a detrimental long-term term impact on kids and on adults for that matter. And like I said, we're going to get to the, uh, the studies that, but I mean, there's just tons of them. Um, even from a logical perspective though, as a parent, don't you think that it's, I don't know. Do you think that TJ, would you restrict your kids eating?
0: No, he barely eats anything anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he eats, like, blueberries, strawberries, and bread, so—and pizza. So, you know what the funny thing is? I bring pizza home, like, every Friday for, like, the past, like, month. Right. Every time I walk in the door, he's like, pizza! I'm like, no, I don't have pizza. Pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: hilarious, but yeah, I'm not going to restrict him from eating food. I mean, they're so young right now. They need calories anyway, so it doesn't matter.
1: What about if he grew up and like, let's say he's 10 or 11 and, you know, he's, a, he's, he looks heavy to no. you. No.
0: no, I think, I mean, I think if he is in college and he's still that way, then I might say something.
1: Do you th- Really?
0: Like, okay, if he's, like, in college and he's, like, really, really heavy, like 300 pounds heavy, I might be like, hey,
1: do you want... I mean... Can I ask you a question, though? Sure, go ahead. So, you've recently lost quite a bit of weight, right? Sure. When you were heavier, if somebody walked up to you and said, God, you know, you're kind of fat, you need to lose weight...
0: I'd be like, yeah, I'm a fat fuck right now. Did
1: you... But did you already know that you were overweight, right? And so, I just...
0: It, it might be it might be different like when he gets older what his mentality is cuz okay. if he has it like me he's i mean it's going to be different than my wife's you know cuz she's more soft spoken than i am right so it might just be how i approach it but i mean i don't know That's, my
1: feeling is that once a child reaches the adult phase and they're out on their own, I mean, at that point, that you have to let them. They know. Sure, I
0: think, they so know. here, like for my sister, she's right. a little, like, she's not heavy, but she's a little like, heavier than, like, the average, let's just say. Like, right. whatever it's called, BMI. But she knows, and she's taken action to do that. Right. So, I mean, I w- this is how I would say this. If So if me and my son, when he's in his 20, we go on a hike and he notices that he's having trouble, that's all he needs because he'll know. And then then he might even approach the subject instead of me bringing it up. And
1: I think that is a huge distinction that you just made is that if your child approaches you and says, hey, mom or hey, dad, I really would like some help with this. That's one thing, but I feel like too many parents are, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing um, these values on their kids, and, you know, societal norms and values on their kids, um, and, and I just feel like it does more harm than good because most fat kids know that they're fat.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think if you promote a healthy lifestyle at your home, I mean, the chances of that happening are pretty pretty, right. pretty minimal.
1: So, but like, even if it
0: does, I'm not going to be like, hey, son, you're a fat piece of crap.
1: Right. I'm
0: not going to say that. I'm like, that's ridiculous. If anybody says that to my son, whether he's a family member or a little kid, I'll probably punch that person in the face. Right. But I mean, I'm not going to say that. No, that's ridiculous.
1: When you were a kid. You said you kind of like went through, like you were a heavier kid, yeah, you went through yeah. a punchy face. Do you ever remember anybody, like whether it your parents or your grandparents or, you know, like people at school or your doctors ever say anything to you like No, about they're it? more
0: concerned about my ears being bigger and sticking out, so I don't have to worry about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, okay. Um, I don't think about weight, like fat. I think one, one, it was funny, we were pulling out like tree stumps or something and my um, grandmother's friend, she's like. Hey TJ, I really need to ask you a question. It was a guy, or her, and he's like, "Do you take steroids?" I'm like, "No," because <laughs> I was huge, I was jacked,
1: right?
0: Jacked and tan.
1: Oh, I'm talking <laughs> about like when you were young. Did no, you get any sort of like, no, 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 not or really. It was
0: it was more like after the fact than it was during.
1: Gotcha. Yeah,
0: I wasn't. I don't think it was during. I can't even. I honestly, I blocked out most of high school and grade school.
1: Yeah. Cuz I
0: hated that school.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I do there. Like the I mean, people. I didn't have a great experience. I mean, nowadays
0: oh. if I saw them I wouldn't bother me, but I think back then it would be like get the hell away from me. Right. Do not talk to me. <laughs> but now it's more of like, you know, that's 10 years, 15 years removed, so
1: So you know that like I've struggled, like, and anybody who's listened to this podcast, it's pretty clear that I've struggled with like some disordered eating habits and, um, you know, some body image issues, right? So I never had these problems growing up. I didn't think about what I ate. Um, I didn't worry about my weight. Um, I was never an overweight child. I never remember my parents saying anything about my body, my weight or my eating. And I really, I grew up problem-free when it came to food in my body. Like there was the normal, like, you know, my friends would be like, Oh, I need to lose weight. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know me too. Um, but interestingly, and this is a topic for another day, my disordered eating and body image issues happened when I began my first diet at the age of 19, because I had a boyfriend who was overly concerned about my appearance. Um, so I believe that I'm a case in point, that dieting causes more problems than it solves
0: i did not do that with johanna the first time we went on a date she was like being all like petite with her sushi i'm like you don't have to breast shove that in your mouth (laughs) that's awesome i don't care
1: My husband knew that on our first date, uh, like out to eat dinner, he knew I was the one because I didn't order a salad and like I must have ordered spaghetti or something and I was like slapping oh, yeah. it all. Second
0: or, date, I ordered like this little petite like spaghetti thing. She got like sliders. It was like huge. <laughs> nice. I'm like, oh my gosh. And right. she was like, she was embarrassed a little bit because I think she was like so much food, but I was like, whatever.
1: Right. Who cares? Right. But I, uh, you know, like I, I almost married that guy. and we were, I don't know, a few months out from getting married and I um, i had a dress, we had the hall, we had everything planned um, and I walked away because I was like, I can't live like this. Oh, that's, yeah, that's nuts. Right. I mean, I was hiding food and shit. It was crazy. Yeah. That's so, good. Anyway, as a youngster, I do remember a few specific events in my childhood um, having to do with how others perceived my body. And so like the first time I realized I even had a body and that other people were looking at it, um, I was probably 12 and a boy told me that I had nice legs, which is like a compliment, right? It should be seen as a good thing. But
0: at like 12, you're like, don't know how to take it.
1: Well, I...
0: I mean, if someone says that to me, I'd be like, thank you.
1: Well, right, but But at that moment in time, it really changed my whole perception. I can remember going home and looking at my legs in a mirror and thinking, what looks so good about my legs and how can I make them better? Because I happened to like the boy who had said it. Um, And then when I was 16 and not a drop over 115 pounds soaking wet, My grandmother told me never to eat too much or get fat because I wouldn't find a good husband. And this from a grandmother who had never said any such thing ever to me. That's crazy. I mean, it just, I was like, oh my God, even that didn't affect me. It was going on that first diet that caused my disordered eating problems. So anyway, Weight Watchers comes up with this app, which may or may not simply be for a publicity stunt. I mean, a year ago, they came up with a free dieting program for teens and received such backlash that they took it down. So why on earth would they think that targeting children would fare any better? I don't. It's like I said, I don't know if this is a PR stunt. They're stupid. Right. It yeah. is. It's really stupid. So, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, the higher-ups at Weight Watchers should be ashamed of themselves for not doing their research Or just ignoring the research because I want everyone listening and you can, I talk really fast. I'm really sorry. I'm talking fast because I get really worked up about this because I've had so much of a struggle in my adult life and, and I've worked with a few people who have kids who are struggling and, and I just feel like, I get so frustrated so I want everyone listening to this podcast to really take in the research that I'm about to share with you on kids and dieting, and then realize that Weight Watchers is simply out to make a quick buck. Um, this research is available to the public, and you can't tell me that the execs at Weight Watchers don't know about this stuff. They don't care about you or your kids, and that's just—I mean, that's just my opinion. But as parents. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And when I work with a parent of a kid who has a weight problem or a food problem, I don't work with the kid. I work with the parents. And and I try never to place blame with the parents. I want to be as impartial and non-judgmental with the parents as possible because a lot of parents don't know the research that I'm about to tell you. They don't know any better. They just want what's best for their kids. And in a lot of cases, the parents experienced um you know they they were typically heavier when they were younger and they experienced what they don't want their kids to experience they don't want their kids to suffer they have good intentions and we all make mistakes including me and i'm going to tell you about my mistakes with my own kid um but we need to listen to these things and we need to be educated and we need to pay attention so today we're going to talk about the research, and then in the next episode, we are going to talk about um, uh, we're going to talk about ways to not have your kids get an eating disorder and to help them become basically more mindful or intuitive eaters. Um, I'm actually going to share a couple of my own personal case studies today before I go into the research um, that demonstrate the unhealthy effect of restricting a child's food choices um, and intake. Um, but TJ, before I launch into sort of my anecdotal case studies from my personal life and practice, do you have any personal experience or evidence of the dangers of dieting in kids? Like, have you ever worked with anybody or?
0: I can't say that I have. No, 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 not really. Well, I work kids. No, no, no kids. Yeah. No, no. Most of them were older. Yeah. About closer to my age. So.
1: Have you worked with anybody who has any issues like with eating disorders or body no. image or anything? No.
0: No. Let me try to think. If I was to rack up my brain. No.
1: No, not no. any
0: known issues. Not, all not that I know. Not okay. that I was aware of.
1: So I'm gonna uh, my first case study, and and again, I I hope I don't like start crying because these are it's really hard for me just because I've lived it as an adult, but. So I have this mom contact me about her daughter. The daughter's about 11 years old. Daughter is overweight um, and engaging in behaviors like sneaking and hiding food, binging at friends' houses, stuff like that. Um, Mom is convinced that I can help the girl, so I agree to meet with them. Um, I first talked with both of them in the room together, and and to me it was immediately apparent that the daughter um, did not want to be there. And mom was doing all the talkings, you know, saying things like, we want to lose weight, don't we, honey? We want to be healthy, don't we, honey? And and the kid was just staring blankly at me, barely nodding. It's possibly one of the most uncomfortable uh, situations I've ever been in, and this was early in my, uh, in my coaching career. So I send the girl away to talk with mom, um, and I ask mom what's going on at home, and uh, I guess Mom struggled with her weight her whole life, but is now she's pretty fit now. She got into working out, um, she's eating pretty healthy, et cetera, et cetera. And she doesn't want her daughter to be teased at school because and, and it's uh, her daughter being 11 years old, is starting to get teased at school because she's you know, a heavier girl. Um, this mom was loving, caring, and, and I really understand her good intentions. But it also turned out that um, she and her husband were restricting the young girl's portions and what kinds of food she could eat. And it also turned out that dad is calling her names like Hippo and Fatty, um, which to me is just completely heartbreaking. Um, They're also forcing her to exercise. So the people who are supposed to love this little girl the most, the ones that she is supposed to trust and that, that would love her unconditionally, are the ones calling her names, restricting her food, and forcing pain on her. And then they wonder why she hides food and hates exercise and binges at other people's houses. Uh, you know. And the mom wanted me, she was just desperate for me to help the kid. And it wasn't the kid who needed the help. So I send mom away and I bring the girl in so that she, the girl and I can talk one-on-one. And I ask her if she wants to be here and she says no. I ask her if she thinks she needs to be here. She says, no. And I ask her, why are you here? And she says she just wants her mom to be happy and to be proud of her. And then at that point, she she starts crying. Um, And and again, keep in mind that I am at the very beginning of my intuitive eating journey and coaching practice. I know I can help this girl, um, but not by helping the girl, by helping the parents understand the damage they are doing. Unfortunately at the time I didn't have enough faith in my own abilities and I brought mom back in and I sent the daughter away again and I told mom that I can't help the girl because she's not open to being helped but that I did offer to work with mom and perhaps vicariously reach the girl I was hoping that mom would agree to this but she was really laser focused on having me work with directly with the girl to lose weight I never heard from them again. Um, I know I could have helped that girl if I could have worked with the mom and probably the dad. Um, And as much as I felt judgment for the mom and I was angry, I knew that her intentions were good. She she just didn't want her daughter to suffer. Um, Now, I probably would have chewed the dad a new asshole for calling the kid names. Um, That's never okay. It is abusive. But I, I do get why mom was sitting in front of me and trying to get me to work with the girl. It's just that it wasn't the girl who needed my help. It was mom and dad. And and I can't help people who haven't come to that realization. So it was, to me, that was probably one of the saddest situations I've ever been in. Um, and I wish I could have done more. And, and now I probably would have handled it differently. So I don't know, do you have any thoughts about that? <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah. This definitely the dad being a total nice person. Yeah. 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 That's ridiculous. Cause, uh, I mean, I don't remember even like me, my sister, all my brothers and sisters like calling anybody names. Like, call them, like we used to call my sister "Old Hippie Fart Fart," and right. I have no idea why. And we <laughs> called her Kevin Bacon. But nothing like that. Those I things,
1: like between kids and brothers and sisters, and you know, giving each other a little bit of a hard time, I think that's pretty normal. I think all kids experience peer pressure. Do you call from your friends. sister fat, though. Well, I don't think you should, but yeah,
0: because my uh, my uh, in laws' family call my wife fat all the time, but what? She, yeah, but she like lets it roll off drives me crazy
1: well some people some people do but i mean you know if you really start to dive in sometimes i think people will tell you how hurtful oh yeah i think i think she
0: would and if it got to that point i would say something but but i've like when we first started dating i'm like what the did you just say to her
1: right it's totally inappropriate. It is yeah. not helpful. It is never helpful to tell somebody that they're too heavy or they're fat or call them names. Well,
0: and my, my wife, if you know her, she's not. She's not heavy at all. Right. And they just they call her that. And I just I never understood why, and it's like a running joke in the family. But it's yeah. I it, just, it's, I never thought it was appropriate because we never said that to each other when I right. was growing up. But. It might be a different dynamic, but I I know if it would, if it affected her in a negative way, I would definitely like rip someone. Right. So
1: it's just, like I said, I just feel like it's the, there's normal, like, you know, the, the, the interplay between kids at school, you know, kids are going to get bullied and stuff and, and not, it's not okay. But the parents have to be the one thing that the kid can rely on to say, you know what, my weight doesn't matter to my parents. They love me right. no matter what. And so, yeah, the name-calling, I mean, that is something that's just not ever okay.
0: Yeah, from a parent to your child, yeah. Right.
1: All right, so next case study um, is is a very personal one to me because it's about my, uh, my own kid, my daughter. Um, and TJ, you and I both being into fitness, um, I, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, like, you can take away something from this to protect your kids from well-meaning. From I, I don't know. I feel like I'm absorbing
0: it. I'm absorbing all the information. Okay, good. Because this this is going to be good. Because I obviously have a two-year-old son, and you know maybe maybe I won't fall into certain pitfalls. So
1: right. Yeah. I think it's important because, and I think for fitness as professionals especially, we we can tend to get mired in like this overly healthy. Like you know what I'm talking about, like I don't we want to be totally healthy, and we'll start, you know, we'll start restricting foods, and we kind of push those values on other people.
0: Sure, yeah, I would, I, I do that sometimes. Not recently because I ate like, I've been eating a lot of Samoas. <laughs> a lot of Samoas. <laughs> like, like oh, dude, <laughs> Keebler those, makes these, and those I mean, are those. not
1: keto though. Those are not keto friendly. I
0: haven't, yeah. Good thing it's a new month. New month, new TJ. I I had a month. I had like a month and a half off. So
1: You don't look... You look like you've lost weight to me, though. I look
0: like a day over 40. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah. I I hope that, you know, we tend to have, um, you know, I don't know, very formed opinions about healthy eating and stuff because we're in the fitness industry, so... Um, I hope that, you know, you and, and maybe even others in the industry and other parents can learn from this. So my daughter was about two when we started personal training school, um, and it was right about that time that I began to get rigid with my diet. So I started cutting out all refined carbs and sugar, and then I cut out all starchy carbs, like even the healthy kinds like potatoes and carrots and fruit. Um, and I, I kept saying I was doing this like in the name of being healthy, right? Right. But I was also pushing these values onto my family. I'd give my husband a hard time about eating a large plate of pasta. Um, I got rid of all the junk food in the house. So like we had no chips, cookies, crackers, cakes, cereals, um, bread, pasta, rice, dairy products. You know, I wasn't bringing any of that stuff in the house. Um, I was even restricting fruit. So very little of all of those things were coming to the house, and again, I thought I was doing the right thing by my family, like teaching her healthy food values and all this. So I found out sometime later that she would go to grandma's and eat bowl after bowl after bowl of cereal and pasta, bags of cookies, huge hunks of like, more than a normal child would ever eat in a sitting. Um, I found out that at school, she was buying junk food and she was super embarrassed when I found out. And I found out because um, her account ran out of money. Um, I didn't know she was buying stuff at school. And she was super, like, she thought I was going to be so mad. Um, She was really embarrassed. And then, you know, I, I would find like little stashes of food in her room She became a child obsessed with going places to get food that she wanted to eat and eating. She would wind up eating way more of those things than any normal kid would eat. And so I'm looking at this and yeah, you know, a lot of parents would be like, you, you know, you shouldn't be hiding food and you shouldn't be overeating. And what are you doing when it's a parent problem? So I caused this problem. I nearly caused an eating disorder in my own kid, a kid who doesn't have a weight problem. Um, And this is classic forbidden food syndrome. If it's forbidden, if it's taboo, you want more of it. And then like, I have a third case study, which is basically myself, I already said it. Um, As I mentioned before, I didn't have any issues with eating or body image as a child. Within six months of starting a diet at the age of 19, I had a full blown eating disorder. So I think that just goes to show you how quickly um, somebody else's perceptions or, you know, trying to lose weight can cause a problem. So I think these are cautionary tales for parents who are overzealously trying to, quote unquote, protect their kids from the evils of things like sugar or who are trying to help their kids lose weight because I think it causes more problems uh, than it solves in the long run. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love intuitive eating so much. And I recently got my cert as a lay, a lay facilitator for intuitive eating. Um, so I'm qualified to teach to my clients and help them on their journey. I don't work with kids. I work with the parents. Um, diets don't work for anyone and most especially children. So I do want to go through some, some of the, the, the actual scientific studies because I really think it's important to intellectually understand this stuff. Um, and to drill it into the brains of parents, so that they, um, so that they can maybe kind of get above this whole diet rhetoric that we're in in our society of, you know, you have to be a certain weight, your BMI has to be a certain, you know, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, um, doctor, this is a, this is the first study, Dr. Anne E. Becker, and there's hundreds of these studies, hundreds of them. I had trouble deciding which ones to put in this podcast. Um, but anyway, Dr. Anne E. Becker, she's the director of research at the Harvard Eating Disorder Center of, uh, Harvard Medical School. She investigated shifts in body image and eating practices in Fiji over a three-year period. So before television was introduced to Fiji, there was zero incidence of eating disorders among girls. And in fact, in Fiji, if you gained weight, that was considered a good thing. Um, They're one of those cultures that views a larger body size as being um, a good thing, like a healthy thing. After the introduction of TV, 12.7% of the girls had developed an eating disorder after one month. 12.7% of the girls had developed an eating disorder after one month. 29.2% had developed an eating disorder after three years. I, you know? Just
0: from watching TV.
1: Just from watching TV and getting the messages, uh, the Western messages oh, yeah. of what bodies should look oh, like. Oh, yeah.
0: Totally agree.
1: In another study by Jansen um, at al and published in the scientific journal Appetite found that restriction of sweets and fruit um, leads to increased consumption of those foods in children. So I wish that I had known about these studies when I started restricting um, sugar and sweets and fruit in my home because these researchers saw a very close association between restriction and overconsumption. That meant the more a food was restricted at home, the more the child was expected to consume during the taste sessions. The children in the control group in this study, so those who had no food restrictions and ate normal, normal amounts of sweets and fruit, um, they or they ate normal amounts of sweets and fruit. In fact, their desire for the sweets and fruit that the researchers were presenting actually went down. The unrestricted kids got tired of eating those foods and ate less of them. Another study conducted by Birch et al in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition showed that mother, um, mother-child feeding practices influenced daughters' eating and weight. So, I mean, that's, you know, I think... I think I demonstrated that enough, you know, in some of the other stuff I've said. Um, In a similar study conducted by Penn State, it was found that problems and concerns about eating and weight can be passed from mother to daughter via restrictive feeding practices when the child is as young as five years old, um, increasing the risk of child overweight. So I want to make sure that you're really clear that you heard that correct. Restricting a child's intake creates a higher risk of them becoming overweight, a higher risk of becoming overweight. A small but alarming new survey of more than 350 childcare professionals released by the Professional Association for Child Care in early years asked whether these professionals um, had seen signs of body image issues in, in young children of both sexes. Nearly a quarter of these um, child care and early year professionals said they'd seen three to five-year-olds who were unhappy with their bodies, and almost half said they'd seen signs of trouble in kids, kids age six to ten. Um, overall, 31% said, they, said they'd heard a child between the ages of three and ten call him or herself fat, and roughly 20% said they'd witnessed a child reject a particular food because they thought they'd gain weight. I mean, these are kids that are three to 10 years old. They shouldn't be worrying about these things. There are literally thousands of studies, and I wish I could go over every one because this is so important and parents need to know this, but I, I want to I cap this with one more. Um, this study is often referred to as the Finnish, um, and by Finnish, it's Finland. Um, the Finnish twin study. And this was conducted on kids who are a bit older. Basically, they took sets of identical twins and followed them um, from ages 16 to 25. And this is a great study because identical twins have the same genetics. So it demonstrates that genetics are not necessarily responsible for weight outcomes, but that dieting certainly has an impact. And the shocking result that they found was that intentional weight loss efforts, i.e. dieting, predicted accelerated weight gain and risk of being overweight. So the twin who went on diets mm-hmm. was more likely to be overweight in the long term. By, by age 25, they were more likely than their twin who did not diet to be overweight. That's
0: crazy. Isn't it?
1: So the odds of becoming overweight by 25 years old were significantly greater in subjects with one uh, or two or more intentional weight loss efforts compared with subjects who had not attempted dieting. I need to say this again for those in the back, and this goes for adults and kids. Dieting predicts weight gain. Yes, even your quote-unquote lifestyle diet predicts future weight gain. So stop dieting, folks. There's a better way. And certainly do not put your kids on diets. And we're going to discuss this in the next episode on how to protect your kids from an eating disorder and not maybe, you know, instill some good values, but not put them on a diet and and make it all about their weight.
0: Hey everyone, this is TJ and Kelly with the Initiative Project Podcast. If you like what you heard, please like, comment and subscribe and if you have any questions you'd like us to cover please email us at initiative p at gmail.com see you next time